Good morning, friends. How are you doing? <laughs> I love officiating. It's a great joy to do that. But my favorite part of the ceremony is watching the groom's reaction as he watches his bride walk down the aisle. And I, I always, when I'm officiating at the wedding, I look at the groom because I'm wanting to see his reaction. And there's been some crazy reactions over some of the weddings I've done. They're all beautiful, but the guys express themselves a lot more visibly than the bride does. <laughs> the guys just absolutely lose it as they see this beautiful woman walk down the aisle. But I love the moment when the father of the bride lifts the veil of his daughter and he gives her hand away in marriage. It's in that moment I look at the guy as he sees the beauty of his bride-to-be. And I'm telling you, the tears flow. Yes, chaps, the tears flow. The, the knees go weak. And you can see this guy trying to control himself to hold this emotion in as he gazes upon the beauty of his bride. He has watched his bride walk down, and the moment is about to happen, and he is undone. You see, her unveiled face in that moment displays her beauty, and he is captivated by the beauty of his bride. True? The Bible speaks about veils. Today, we uses the analogy of a veil to describe the beauty and the wonder of the gospel Jesus revealed for his people. And so you, if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to read from verse 7 to 18. Yes, we are going to read 11 verses together. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 7 to verse 18. I'm living, I'm, I'm living, I am living, <laughs> and breathing, <laughs> and, uh, but I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, and this is what Paul writes, the apostle. He says, the old way, with laws etched in stone, led to death, though it began with such glory that the people of Israel could not bear to look at Moses' face. For his face shone with the glory of God, even though the brightness was already fading away. Shouldn't we expect, verse 8, far greater glory under the new way, now that the Holy Spirit is giving life? If the old way, which brings condemnation, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new way, which makes us right with God? In fact, with the overwhelming glory, or the overwhelming beauty, or the overwhelming wonder, my translation, of the new way. So if the old way, which has been replaced, was glorious, how much more glorious is the new, which remains forever? Since this new way gives us such confidence, please underline that, or highlight it. Since this new way, in other words, the gospel, gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We are not like Moses, verse 13, who put a veil over his face so that the people of Israel would not see the glory, even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, and to this day, and to this day, 
Whenever the old covenant has been read, the same veil covers their minds so that they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can be removed. This veil can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, whenever someone turns to the Lord, whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. There is freedom. For the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever, the, wherever sorry, the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Verse 18. So all of us who have had that veil removed, all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect, can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your truth, Jesus. You know, when Moses, when, when he got the Mosaic law up on Mount Sinai, when God gave him the law on stone tablets, the Bible records, and you can read it in Exodus 34, verses 29 to 35, he came down from the mountain. He had been in the presence of God, given the law, written on stone tablets. The Bible records that his face was radiant with the glory of the Lord. But the reality is that over time, this glory began to fade. And so Paul's highlighting this fact in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, that the, the glory is fading. And so Moses puts a veil over his face. And that veil is not to hide the glory from the people. The people could not see that the glory was fading. And whenever he read the word, that's what he would do. He put this veil over his face so that people wouldn't see the glory fading. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 13, the ESV version says, He would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. So he hides the glory of God. He doesn't hide, sorry, the, the glory of God. What he does is he hides behind the veil. It's something to hide behind. He's not hiding the glory of God. He's hiding his face from people who might notice that the glory of God was fading. And so he uses this illustration of a veil to teach us that the old covenant, which was a ministry of condemnation, is passing away. But the new covenant, the ministry of righteousness, and you can go and read Romans chapter 3 verses 20 to 22 speaks about it. Speaks about the old covenant, ministry of condemnation, the new covenant, which is a ministry of reconciliation or right, righteousness. He's saying, Paul is highlighting that this new ministry, the ministry of the new covenant is much more glorious than the old. The old fades, but this new covenant that we living will never fade, will always endure. That's what Paul's highlighting here. And because it will always endure, he says we can take great confidence and be bold in it. You see, the veil prevented the people who were listening to Moses' teaching, prevented them from seeing the glory of Christ. We know Scripture from the beginning of time prophetically points to Jesus Christ. 
And so even the law that they were given, even in there, the, the, the teachings that Moses would give would reveal to them prophetically about the Messiah that was to come. But they couldn't see it because they were living according to the law. And so this veil that they had on their hearts was the glory of Jesus was hidden to them. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14, Their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains. When the old covenant is read, it has not been removed, because only in Christ is it taken away. They could not see that the glory of God had faded. And I think many people today live with veils on their hearts. They're holding onto a, onto a fading glory or a faded glory, ignorantly holding on to religious rules and traditions, thinking that they're experiencing the glory of God, holding on to things that does not bring the glory of God. Jesus is the one who glorifies the Father. See, in Mark chapter 7, verse 7, Jesus understands this, and he challenges the Pharisees. He describes their ceremonial traditions, the ticking of the religious boxes. I have to attend church. I have to do this. I have to go there. I have to give this. I have to live like this. Ticking the boxes, emotions, can I say, of Christianity. He says that their traditions or their ceremonial traditions as a form of worship are a farce. They don't see Christ, the hope of glory. And sometimes I wonder if we don't fully live in the glory of God because we're holding fast to some traditions that the Bible would describe, not me, the Bible would describe as a farce. This is what someone said, a wise man. He said, those whose minds are veiled from the glory revealed in the new covenant do not change or progress. They are like creatures who live in a stagnant lifeless pond. So true. That's why when Paul, Paul lands that last verse before he goes into chapter 4, he says, with unveiled faces of Jesus Christ. When the reality of this new covenant grips our hearts and we live in the fullness of it, friends, we are transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. The law will not transform us. The law only condemns. The new covenant brings freedom and liberty and brings us reconciliation with God the Father. And so as this wise man says, there is no supernatural resurrection life in old covenant practice. There's nothing really to glory in. I, I did the religious thing for a while, for many years in fact. I lived in a, in a home where we hope my parents love Jesus, but we went to church religiously every Sunday. And I jumped through all of the hoops, confirmation, etc., etc., did all the right things, said all the right things, but there was joy missing from my life. Until I encountered the new covenant, the person of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 16. Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil, 17, for the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
So all of us, those who have received Jesus Christ, the ministry of the new covenant, those who have received righteousness through grace by faith in Jesus Christ, those who have had that veil removed can see, see and reflect the glory of the Lord. If you're familiar with, uh, which you should be by now, Matthew chapter 16, because it's been referred to a few times from this pulpit, and I think uh, Tobisa referenced it, I think on Wednesday night, John, I referenced it in our prayer meeting that we had. Peter's confession of Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. When Jesus asks him, who do people say I am? And so he refers to some say, some say, those who have veiled over their hearts. And he challenges them, but you, what about you? And Peter comes up with this incredible truth. He says, you are. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. You are the Christ or the Messiah, son of the living God. The veil has been removed from his heart. He has seen, he has seen Jesus, the person of Jesus, not a concept, not a prophetic word from old present, seen Jesus for himself. And it's interesting that Jesus would say, blessed are you, but by my Father in heaven, God reveals God. God reveals God. He had an encounter with the master himself. In that moment of encountering God, he has this revelation that joy, peace, life, hope comes from one source, the Son, the living Son, Jesus Christ. So in a moment, those words are so important in terms of the new covenant. Because he proclaims Jesus Christ as a Messiah, veil removed. He has seen Jesus, the crucified Christ, gruesome death upon the cross, died, buried in a tomb. He's seen Jesus Christ as Savior, come to save all of humanity. But then he also sees Jesus, Son of the living God, the resurrected Christ. So he's seen Jesus crucified for sin. He's seen Jesus resurrected to life. And that life is available for all who believe. Veil removed. And as we track his story and his journey through the book of Acts, remember Paul writes there, he says, those that live in the new covenant can be bold. Peter standing before thousands of people who have crucified the very Jesus he proclaimed. In the power of the Holy Spirit, it's a man who's encountered Jesus for himself, who knows Jesus personally, not as a religious symbol, as a figure on a cross that hangs above a mantelpiece, but as a person. And he's able to say, this Jesus, this Christ that you crucified, and 3,000 people get saved. But it's in his heart is revealed in his words. And there's a demonstration of spirit power in him as this incredible revelation of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is made known to the world. But it flows from first knowing. Reminder of the beggar, get beautiful. Acts chapter 3. Again, we talk about the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. He's seen 3,000 people get saved. Crowd is drawn. This is beggar. Lame since birth. His name was Levi. Lame since birth. 
has a veil over his heart, doesn't understand, doesn't realize that I can be healed every day begging for scraps from people, going to pray at the temple. And in a moment, Peter and John, Peter, confession of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, understands the resurrection power of this new covenant that we live in today as well. It says, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus. In resurrection power, he holds out his right hand, he says, get up and walk. And that beggar's healed, veil taken away, able to love God. That healing was not just healing so that the beggar could walk. That healing came so that the beggar could be part of God's family and be worshiping in the temple with the rest of God's people. And by the way, that miracle reached another 5,000 people. So that we can see and reflect. See and reflect. So as Peter sees the resurrected Christ who would rise from the dead and rule over death and darkness, what he actually has is a revelation of hope and confidence in the cross. Like my earlier marriage illustration, the wonder for Peter personally, the wonder and the beauty of Jesus is revealed in that one moment when Jesus asks the question, who do you say I am? The Messiah, son of the living God. You see, his revelation of Jesus fuels his own faith, gives him hope, knowing Jesus as Savior, and knowing that Jesus is the hope of the world. And it's so interesting, when you track the book of Acts, you see Peter, very central in the first couple of chapters, and he seems to disappear. In the first couple of chapters, the church is actually the early church's birth. We know under the power of the Holy Spirit, but God uses a man who says, Blessed are you, Peter, your revelation of me. Do you say I am who you believe I am? I'm going to use that encounter to reach this world. He says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. Your revelation, I'll build my church. Peter is not the pope of the church. But Peter gets to reveal this Jesus that's captivated his heart. And so, ma'am, when he captivates our heart in terms of our personal experience of him, that experience is reflected to the world that we live in your minds. And Jesus is saying, I'm wanting to take the veil of your hearts so that I could be seen through you. So our vision statement to remind loving others, loving Jesus, loving others, reaching out, just seems to be summed up in this revelation of Peter, isn't it? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12, we read earlier that since this new way, the gospel, gives us such confidence we can be very bold. The ESV translates this as, since we have such a hope, we are present tense. We are present tense. Not will be. We are. Since we have been born again, saved by faith through Jesus Christ, we are 
Please say with me, we are. <laughs> Very bold. <laughs> or are we? See, being bold <coughs> means trusting in the transformative power of the gospel. Means that I live my life confident in the person and the power of Jesus Christ for myself and for others. We will see, veil taken away, we will see and we will reflect. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 19. Maybe your music team can come up, please. I just read this scripture this morning. I just felt that the Holy Spirit wants to take this truth. And He wants to work on our own hearts. As a face is reflected in water. As a face is reflected in water. So the heart reflects the real person. What has God's word this morning revealed in our own hearts? If you wouldn't mind standing with me, please. I just felt that Jesus wanted to minister this morning to two groups of people. Maybe you can identify with my story one day. <laughs> Going through the motions of Christianity. Ticking boxes, doing what I thought were the right things to, to be closer to God the Father. But no real relationship with Jesus. Never confessed my need for Him as my Lord and Savior. Maybe that's you this morning. You've looked into God's Word this morning. It's not my voice. It's God's Word you've looked into. And it's revealed something of your heart. I'm going to ask you, if that's you this morning, to be bold. Maybe to come up and stand on. Pray a prayer of repentance. Pray that you would encounter, just like Peter did, you are the Christ, Son of the living God. Just while the music team would minister this morning, do that. It's not to expose you, but it's to introduce you to a person. You've never done that publicly. Introduce you to a person that you can put your confidence in and your hope in. Maybe you're going through a personal struggle. You've lost confidence in Jesus Christ as the Son of the living God. I'm going to ask you this morning, in the light of this word, this truth, to remove the veil of unbelief, to be bold, and trust Him to minister into that specific situation. You come stand on my right on this side. We'd love to. I'm just doing that so we know who and what we're praying for. Please do that. You can stand right where you are. We'll pray for you for both. <laughs> Let's come forward. Jesus, I need you. And I know life is a series of we've got to press in more. There are moments we are bold and there are moments that we are weak. But as we've heard this morning, we can take great hope in the person of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask as folk come forward, that just deacons, wives, can pray for the folk that step forward.
Let's sing this amazing song that Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. Nothing you need to do but to rest in Him and trust in His grace. Let's worship Him. If you feel stirred to come up this morning in the light of this truth, please do so. We'll stand with you.